Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Sideline and Sideline podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by Dolan and Michael. And today we're going to go a little bit out of order for our podcast schedule because we have some football on the slate tomorrow night, boys. You excited for it? Yes, sir. Football's finally back. I've been waiting forever for this. It's been such a long summer. I got so into golf because there was nothing else, and now football is here, and I couldn't be happier. See, here's I got into golf, and I don't yeah. like golf. I don't like golf either, and I got into it too. I even did a golf podcast on the channel. <laughs> hey, you learn new things sometimes, but we got the Kansas City Chiefs trying to defend their Lombardi Trophy this season. Their first game they got against the Houston Texans. Thursday night football, it's going to be – so much fun. It's going to be so weird to see no fans in the stands, though. But we're going to talk They have showdown. fans. Oh, they do? Very limited amount, but yeah, they're going to have some. I did not know that. I thought they were on the no fans list. There's a lot of teams that are on the no fans list. So that is news to me. But there is a Millie Maker tomorrow for DraftKings, and we're going to have to talk about it. The entry fee is $10, and there's a lot of ways people could go here with building your lineup. So that's what we're going to talk about first. Mike, you want to lead us off on lineup building? Yeah, so I mean, one of the keys when you're looking at this is you want to give yourself a chance to win that money. So the number one way you can do that is make your lineup correlated. That means if one thing happens, it leads to the rest of your lineup following in order. One time I heard someone really sharp say, when you build a lineup and you're looking in showdown, you want your lineup to tell a story. You want all the players you pick to fit a certain narrative you want, like if you think the chiefs are going to be a big, well, the second half of the game, they're probably going to be running a lot. So you like Daryl Williams or Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you want to come back the other way with the pass catching options from the Houston Texans, because they're going to be passing the whole second half and they're going to be playing from behind with this prevent defense and get a lot of garbage time. So whatever you decide to do, I think, the most important thing is to make sure your lineup fits together. It's correlated. You don't want to make yourself dead. Like you don't want to play both defenses. Like if you do that, you're dead in the water. Just you're donating. I've seen money. them win a couple times. <laughs> yeah, it can. Just not, not on this. Not tomorrow night. Not tomorrow if you night. do, if you do it tomorrow night, you're throwing your money on the ground. Just that's what you're doing. And another thing that I think is a really important strategy you can use is to leave money on the table. The easiest way to stop your lineup from being duplicated and give yourself a chance to win all of the money is to leave money on the table. Money doesn't matter in showdown because you're more than likely, if you spend it all, there's going to be 20, 30,000 people in these big contests who have the same lineup as you probably. And you don't want to win a million dollars and split it with 20,000 people and win nothing. So that would suck. So I would... At least give yourself a chance to win that money and leave some money on the table as well. I can definitely respect that opinion. Dalton, do you got anything, any way particular you build your lineups? I don't usually go out of my way of a certain idea. I usually like to start with my MVP player and then build off from there. But like Mike said, correlation is key with it. Usually you want your MVP player to be the guy you think has potential to be the highest scorer throughout the game or opens up enough money for you to have more big names that are going to have that point spread throughout the game well you guys just said what i was gonna say perfectly so i guess we're just gonna get into the players that could potentially score the highest amount tomorrow night and there's a laundry list of them we got yeah there's so many tyree kill deshaun watson uh going down the list a little bit will fuller 
David Johnson potentially in a bounce back game, and then all the ones in between. Ooh, it's going to be a good looking slate tomorrow night. So who you guys got for your captain slot? Who's your lock that you're going to get the most exposure to in the captain slot? So I'm going to have a couple of guys that I really like. One of which is probably a little hot takey, and that's David Johnson. The Chiefs' defense isn't that good against the run. They ranked 22nd against running backs last year. Everything I've heard is he came into camp in great shape and motivated. It's the healthiest he's going to be all year in week one. If they're down in the game, he's a great pass catcher. If they're up in the game, he'll be the one running. I don't think there's a game script where he gets phased out. The other guy that I really like in the captain spot is Will Fuller. He's playing against the defense who, aside from Traverius Ward, they're starting one of Rashad Fenton, Legereus Sneed, and Antonio Hamilton. Their secondary is just nothing with Breland suspended. So I don't see any reason he can't get over the top a couple times in this game. And Will Fuller might have the biggest upside in fantasy football, period, over the course of his career. A sneaky one that I'd throw in at the bottom is Sammy Watkins. He has big games. These are just some guys away from... One big game. And if you hit that game, you're separating yourself by a million Besides that, I think I'm going to stay away from a lot of the top guys. I don't play quarterbacks in the captain spot. I just think that it limits you severely with where they're priced most times. And aside from a guy like Lamar Jackson, I just don't think it's warranted. Can you guess how many fantasy points Will Fuller had against the Falcons last year? 54? A little low. Not by much. What do you got? I looked it up and cheated. It's 56.7. I mean, you're correct. So If he does that in the captain spot, and you have him paired with Watson, it's just you're putting yourself in a position immediately to have a chance to win. Last year, I hit a showdown on FanDuel, and all it took was having Odell Beckham and his big game back in New York, and you have that combo, and you just put yourself in such a strong position, and it's just it pays off when you hit. It does pay off when you hit. I almost took down a showdown couple of years ago on Thanksgiving, but your wide receiver had to drop the ball. I'm just going to – still salty about that. Still salty about Kenny Galladay dropping that touchdown pass in the end zone. It won me a, a good sum of money, but you got to move on, you know? So as for my captain slots, I'm not going to be avoiding the big guys. I'm going to go after – I think Tyree Kill could have a great game, but I'm going to go, you know, pair some low-salary guys that we're going to talk about later with him to differentiate my lineup from playing the top guys. Like, I think the lineup I shared in chat had – Mahomes in it in the flex spot, of course. I'm not playing Mahomes in the captain just like you aren't, Mike. Then I have Tyree Kill in the captain, like I said. Then I have David Johnson, Will Fuller, a lot of the guys you talked about. But as for that, that's how I'm going to differentiate my lineups. Sometimes you got to be cheap at the bottom. Yeah, there's one glaring value guy, too, we're going to talk about in a little bit down there. There is. And sometimes you just got to get lucky. There's no better way to put it than that. Sometimes you just have to get lucky with your play at the bottom. Yeah, especially down at the bottom. I mean, there's so many guys down here who, I mean, third string, tight ends, fullbacks, who just, they score. I mean. They can very well score, especially with Sean Watson throwing his tight ends. And then you're getting, I mean, if a guy scores, you're getting 5X off the one play, and you're putting yourself in a real strong spot. You definitely are. So, Dalton, who are you targeting in your captain slot? First, I'd like to say I really like Will Forward, just like Mike said. Other than Will Fuller, depending on Brandon Cook's status going into the game tomorrow, Kenny Stills is a solid option, in my opinion. He's one of the cheaper options, and he'd be the number two right there if Cooks doesn't end up suiting up for the game. 
And then my other option that I like is Travis Kelsey. The last time these teams met, Travis Kelsey gashed them for 44 fantasy points, 10 catches, 136 yards, three touchdowns. Maybe he won't repeat that exact stat line, but Travis Kelsey's just a beast in the NFL to begin with. Hopefully he could repeat that target share that he got in the playoff game because that's like what we're talking about with the game script there. Kansas City so, went down big early. So one thing I would like to point out, and it's, it's not a foolproof narrative here. It's not like a rock-solid thing here. But when you look back over the course of last season specifically, when Tyreek Hill had good games, Travis Kelsey did not. I was and when Travis that. Kelsey had good games, Tyreek Hill did not. So, like, a little strategy thing I would point out there is maybe not play both of them together. Just, like, a couple-week sample size to show you. Super Bowl, Tyreek Hill had 22.5 points. Kelsey had 16. Conference championship game, Tyreek Hill had 24. Travis Kelsey had six. Divisional round, Kelsey had the monster 44-point game. Tyreek Hill only had six. You go back the first time they played at the beginning of the year. Tyreek Hill had 25. Kelsey had nine. It seems like teams can take one of them away, but they can't take both away. So I would suggest not pairing them together. I mean, they're great players, so of course it could go just haywire and Mahomes throws eight touchdowns and they each catch two, but don't overlook Mahomes throwing eight touchdowns in a game at this point. (laughs) I would try to not put both of them in a lineup together. Yeah, I see what you mean there because who knows what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to do. That's also the big thing that I'm thinking of. Is he going to take away some of the attention from the Texans defense? Could he open up Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? He definitely could. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the biggest question mark for tomorrow night's game. Is he going to get all the work? Is he going to yeah. get 80% of the work? Like, there's so much to go off of with one player. I know, like, I know we're on a football podcast, and I would like to take a quick moment to tell all of our listeners, the Atlanta Braves just hit a grand slam, and I think they have 30 runs. Oh, that's groovy. Right. What are they in the bottom of the fifth still? <laughs> like the seventh? There's uh, 30 points in a baseball game. That's ridiculous. Just from one team. Wow. Fernando Tatis will get blamed for that. But anyway, on with the football podcast. So back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think he is the biggest question mark of this game. He's going to make or break so many people's entries because I think you could easily see him. He's the fifth highest priced player. You could see him around probably 50 to 60% of these entries, just a guess, maybe 40%. And I think he's going to be on a lot. And the interesting thing with that is like, he has legitimate upside. Like He could be the number one scorer, but – what happens if the guy to be named later just gets all the goal line work and he puts up a solid 14 and the other guy scores twice? I don't know how to feel about him. Going over the top scorers like we were talking about, here's the list of people that I think have the potential to be the highest scorer of the game. You have Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, the quarterbacks, which we're going to avoid in the captain slot like we said. You have Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Will Fuller. Is that it? Do we want to add any more names there? I think Sammy David Watkins. Johnson should be on that list. Yeah, David Johnson. I think Sammy Watkins could, but, I mean, that's, like, a super dart throw. Like, I don't yeah, think he you, has, like – If you would throw Sammy up there, you'd throw Kenny up there if Brandon Cook is out. Nicole yeah, Hartman. And they get it, that's – like, those guys, sure, they could catch a bomb and whatever, but, like, I wouldn't – like, if you were putting it down to a percentage, maybe that's, like, 5% of the time. I don't know if they're worthy. I think you, the cutoff's David Johnson. So, that's seven players – at the top there that could potentially be the highest scoring player on this game. 
Odds are it's going to be one of them. I mean, odds are. I mean, could a guy, if he's healthy like Cooks, break a couple long ones, I guess? Could walk-ins, I guess? Your captain doesn't necessarily have to be the highest scoring no. player, though. You just have to have the right combination of players. Yeah. I mean, if you have a $5,800 Watkins in the captain spot and he goes for – who is 87 captain spot? But if he goes for seven for 80 and a touchdown and he's the third highest scoring player, but he's that cheap and allows you to play everyone else, I mean, it's valuable. That would be valuable for your fantasy slate. But as for anyone else that we have to mention, I feel like we have to get to the mid-tier here. Just real quick, run through it before we get to the value plays. The mid-tier here would probably be Sammy Watkins, who we previously mentioned, Miko Hardman, Duke Johnson, and Kenny Stills. I feel like that's where the cutoff line would be, especially for the captain spot. 7,000 is Kenny Stills. I think that's yeah, as cheap as you want to go with your place. captain. Yeah, I mean, probably. Maybe Randall Cobb down there. That's, that's a stretch. That's yeah, a stretch a bit. With Cobb in the captain slot. I just don't know what Cobb's ceiling is. His ceiling could be, oof, we've seen it in Green Bay where he catches a bunch of balls. Last year, his best game was 25.6 DraftKings points, six receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Yeah. That's the ceiling. I think that's the that's cap. That's the ceiling. I guess if you were trying to get into some greasy theory, you could be like, hey, Will Fuller is injury prone. David Johnson's injury prone. If they get hurt and Randall Cobb's the only guy left, I mean, you could get into some greasy theories like that, but that's just not for me, honestly. I think I'm going to be sticking with one of the the seven guys that I mentioned. Going to have exposure to all seven of them. But as for that, I think it's time to get into our value plays here because we've talked about the high guys, you know, not enough. You could always talk about Travis Kelly, Tyree Kill, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Patrick Mahomes for what seems like an eternity in fantasy football because of the highest scoring offense in the NFL, basically. Yeah, they're great players. <laughs> they're, they're all fantastic, but we need to get into some budget plays because if you want to play those guys, you're going to have to save some money somewhere. So I know Mike's eager to give us the – Best budget play in the slate, so I'm going to let him do that one right now. See, I'll leave him to you. The thing I do want to talk about, though, is one way, easy way to save money with a solid floor and decent upside is just plug in Harrison Butker. He's I mean, cheap, and he had two games under seven points all of last year. At 3.8, that's, that's a good price. And if he gets you one of his ceiling games, then you're looking at maybe – it's just a must-have at that point. I mean, you could play Fairbairn, too, if you like the other side of the game. But Butker is a better kicker, and that's who I'd go with. And I just think that's an easy way to alleviate some pressure and give you some more salary to play with. And I just think so many lineups, when you look at the end of the year, have kickers in them. I think 41% of winning lineups last year had kickers in them. I mean, you have to save money, and the best way to do it is a guy with a guaranteed floor, basically. If the offense is doing well, the kicker's obviously going to be doing well. Even if the offense isn't scoring, they're gaining yards. Putting the kicker in a field goal position to score even more points than an extra point. Yep. Those fours and threes and even ones add up by the end of the game. And if you get a good game, it's usually around 15, 16. This game's game total is 54 and a half, so this is definitely a good game too. Oh, I think that might get the over, honestly, with all the offensive firepower. And I don't think 
the defenses are all that great. Fade the defenses, by the way, if we didn't mention that enough. Fade yeah. them completely. Last time these two teams played, the final score was 51-31. to No defensive points to be had by either and the, team. And the time before that was 24-31. Both times they hit the over on this over-under. Yeah, it's going to be a slugfest tomorrow night. High-octane shootout. But as for that budget play that I'm going to get to, that Michael allowed me to, it's Daryl Williams. He is 1.8K. He is the RB2 for the Kansas City Chiefs. How much work will he get? I can't tell you, but it's one of the safer dart throws, in my opinion, because if he gets out there for, like Mike said, goal line work, he gets to steal a touchdown, maybe two from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Who knows? He gets some short yardage work. He's been in the offense longer than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stumbles out of the gate. Darrell Williams could get the bulk of the work going forward. I just think it's a high upside play for almost the minimum salary in a showdown, which the only thing that scares me away from Darrell Williams a little bit is how highly he's going to be owned. It's going to be high. Yeah, he could push 60 70% probably. See, the thing is, if you fade him and you don't get that touchdown and people are getting touchdowns at 2000 for the salary, you're screwed. Like, there's no better way to put it. Like, There's just no making up for it. I don't think your other budget guys are going to make up for it. Like the ideal lineup build at this point would be Darrell Williams and Harrison Bucker in the flex spots, it seems, and then build with the high-end options and don't really touch anyone else unless you're kind of thinking they're going to have a big game. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a couple of dart throws down here. Dalton might have some people that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, Dalton definitely does have some people. That's why I'm saving him because we're going to get right over to him right now. I know he's eager to talk about his budget plays. Not too many people down here after the kicker and Daryl Williams. You definitely don't touch the defenses on this slate. Jordan Aikens could be a good dart throw, potentially. Not really a good ceiling guy. He had a monstrous 22-point week, week three. Other than that, not really much, like two to five-point games in there mainly. So the guy I would go back to is mainly Randall Cobb. I don't really like him in a captain's spot. That feels like a waste to me. But for 4,200 and an average fantasy games last year of 10 points, I don't think it's that bad. You're right. It's definitely not that bad for fantasy owners. I'm just doing some quick math with the DraftKings real quick just to see what your average salary would be if you plugged in the three guys that we talked about in depth with Harrison Bucker, Randall Cobb, and Darrell Williams. How much that would leave you per player? That would leave you over 13.4 grand a player. Of course, you need to plug in that captain spot, but that gives you a lot of flexibility because Travis Kelsey at the captain slot is 13.8. So if you plug in someone like him or Clyde Edwards Slayer is just a little bit lower or Will Fuller at 12K, you have a lot of flexibility with the other spots to mess around with. I think that's three spots. Yeah, that leads to a build that can allow you to play a Tyree Kill in the captain spot or a Travis Kelsey or. I mean, Will Fuller, obviously, he's playable in any build. But, like, one of those top, top guys, that's the kind of build that allows you to do it. I mean, yeah, that builds right now. If you play those three, you could put Tyree Kill in the captain slot, and you could still pick any other two players for your flex spots. So you could stack them with Mahomes. You could play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You could do Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. A lot of flexibility if you insert these three players into your DraftKings lineup for the showdown Millie Maker for week one of NFL action. 
And the other thing that that does is it makes it very easy to naturally leave money on the table. Like I said earlier on, is leaving money on the table is a way to differentiate yourself, and that's an easy way to do it as well. It is an easy way to do it. But one more thing I want to talk about here is, do you think there's going to be any, and I mean any, low-owned Chiefs tomorrow night that has potential to put up any significant amount of fantasy points? I'm not saying like significant, significant, but I'm saying like a good fantasy night. You'll make money if you play them, basically. I think there's one, but I think it's a really like it's a dart throw and it could like end up awful. But Demarcus Robinson has flashed high upside in the past. He'll be out there. He doesn't do much most nights, but if he gets behind the defense, he could catch a couple bombs. I wouldn't be shocked. Demarcus Robinson is someone that Patrick Mahomes has also spoke highly of this offseason. Didn't he say he was going to be a wide receiver one somewhere else? Do I remember this correctly? I believe he said something along those lines. It's very interesting that he said that. And, you know, he picked out Clyde Woods, Larry, him, and Andy Reid. So Demarcus Robinson's going to get some of the snap share tomorrow. But as for us, this is wrapping down the podcast. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Yeah. Number one, don't play a defense for the 19th time. Just don't do it. There is one scenario, and there's only one out of everything that can happen in this game. The only scenario where a defense is viable is you stack a defense with Hardman, and you hope to double dip on a return touchdown. Aside from that, it's literally worthless. You're throwing your money on the ground. They are going to score a lot of points in this game. There's a reason the over-under is 54. Don't try and be too cute. The other thing is don't put a quarterback in the captain spot. Odds are if a quarterback has a big game, his pass catchers are. And if his pass catchers are having a big game, they're going to score more points. Be cheaper and lower owned. Dalton, do you have any final thoughts for us here? Yeah, just look into the availability of Brandon Cooks tomorrow. If he's out, Kenny still seems like a lock for me at least. He'd be the number two at $4,600. It's a very nice play. Solid advice, solid advice. I'm going to go with don't be afraid to pay up and then go with those cheaper guys. Don't be afraid to take a dart throw. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it hits, big profit. So we're going to do one more thing here. We're going to go with who is going to be the highest scoring player tomorrow night. We're all going to throw down our predictions. Mike, you could lead us off. Before I do that, one thing I wanted to say, just to put it out there, is Speaking of the Demarcus Robinson stuff, there was a camp report from USA Today saying that Demarcus Robinson was having one of the strongest camps of any chief. And to not forget that he's been one of Mahomes' most trusted receivers dating back to 2017, and they've been on the scout team together ever since they entered the league. So there is definitely a connection there. They wanted him. They re-signed him. So I just think he could be a real sneaky play. As for my highest score on the slate – I'm just going to say it, kind of got to plug my nose when I say it, but I think it's going to be David Johnson. I think it could be a vintage David Johnson game, 70 yards on the ground, eight for 80 in the air and a couple touchdowns. And I just think he could have one of those games. Dalton, what you got for us? Mike's flinging heat over here. I have the very cliche, I think it's going to be Pat Mahomes. I think he's going to come out to start the season just on fire, slinging it to however many people he wants to sling it to, maybe get four to five touchdowns, just put up fantasy points. 
not a bad pick. Being honest with us, as bad as I want to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just in a little bit off script kind of thing, even though he said he could, I think he's going to have a big game tomorrow night. I think it's Tyreek Hill. I think it's Tyreek Hill season. I think he's going to have one of those monster games and just, you know, silence Houston. Last year against Tennessee, he had 11-157 on a touchdown for 36 points. I feel like we could easily see that tomorrow night, especially if the run game isn't working against J.J. Watt and company. But as for that, that will do it for us here at the Sideline to Sideline podcast. We hope to see you next time on our rescheduled wide receiver and tight end episode. See you guys soon. Goodbye.